0: Hey, this is Dave Chris. I'm the pastor of We are a one based out of Gateway Assembly, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that this equips you and encourages you in your faith to see Jesus more clearly in your life. Let's hit it. This love, love has got to live in. Say it with me, Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we already know tonight that your presence is here sent through your Holy Spirit. We thank you that there is three parts of you, God, that we can worship you as our Father, Jesus as your Son that died for our sins, but then we worship also the Holy Spirit that is here, that's moving among us, that isn't just hovering, but that has been sent in such a manner that we can tangibly feel the presence of God the Father through the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you so much that we would have the opportunity to be able to worship you, to be in your presence, to hear your word, and to be your people. And I can guarantee tonight that the only reason that we are able to get to the Father is because Jesus made a way. But the only reason we can get to Jesus is because the Spirit draws us to come to Him. And we thank you that the Trinity, it's called God, you in three parts. We thank you that you come and you make yourself known. The love of the Father the grace of the Son and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we are able to worship you and sense you, that we aren't just crying out in vain and singing songs and lifting our hands, but we can sense it right now. People that don't even know you, they can sense. They don't even know what's going on, but they sense something. It's the reason we respond sometimes with tears. It's the reason sometimes we just got to bow because we, we can't stand. It's it's something that we can't quite put into words, but we sense and we feel you. And we say tonight, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you believe that, if you want God to speak to you tonight, if you're ready and you can feel his presence, say aloud and a mighty amen. And come on, let's give him a shot of praise tonight. Let's love on Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, we're going to get right into it. You can grab your seat. We're just going to hit it quick. And uh, tonight uh, is, you know, what's been happening is the Lord's been speaking so much to me with this series. I don't want to call them leftovers because leftovers is the nasty stuff that you have to warm up and like your mama makes you eat or whatever so you don't waste the food. I like some leftovers, I guess. But this isn't leftovers. This is just I don't have enough time each week to get to it all. And you're like, are you serious? Man, you are long-winded. You preach a long time. I'm telling you, to be able to unwrap what I feel God is like doing in our ministry, I need like three hours a night to preach it. I'm dead serious. And then we need another three hours at the altar to receive it. And that sounds great. And God might bring us in that season again. I've been there, done that. I've been at these altars sometimes till midnight on a Wednesday. Uh, That was, what was that, 2015, I think it was. I remember it very vividly. But tonight, we're going to end the night in prayer in a special way I'm going to lead you in. But this, uh, I don't want this series to be strictly and only spiritual. I want to make sure it can become practical for you too. What do you do with all these thoughts of uh, God being our Father and hallowed be his name and his kingdom come and will be done? Like, what do you do with all that? And if uh, you're just now joining us for the series, you can catch up. There's two parts already to this series, amen. But tonight is going to be the super ultra practical side where I'm really going to break it down. Even earlier when we were in worship, I was talking about the idea how as I was singing in worship the beginning of the night, I was in my brain kind of praying and talking to God. That should show you practicality right there that maybe prayer isn't always what you think it is, but maybe there's like prayer happening in your thoughts and a lot of places that you wouldn't even know. But specifically here, we just uh, read the whole passage of Matthew 6, and I want to zone in a, a little bit on a specific part of that passage a little bit deeper tonight. I'm going to give you the title of my message because if I don't give it to you right now, you are going to become so worn out with the letter P that uh, it, it's just going to overwhelm you. So I'm going to tell you and set it up here. The title of my message is P is for prayer, okay? So that's the title. And that's important. Um, you'll see why. I had this idea. I was talking to my wife and I was trying to figure out the title. And with our son Zeeland right now, we're teaching him, his ABCs, and, you know, he's got it down, you know, he fumbles and stuff through, but it's like A is for apple, right? And B is for boy, and C is for cat, usually, yeah. I'm just trying to think of something more interesting. And D is for donut. Switching it up. And E is for elf. Elijah, your name, okay. And F is for France. Ferry, that was a good one, okay. And G is for Gateway. That was a good one. We'll stop there. That was on a high note. G is for George. I was, uh, Gateway, sorry. I was gonna go through the whole alphabet with us just to see what we come up with there. It was very interesting hearing all your thoughts. And H is for, no, i uh, P is for prayer, okay? P is for prayer. But uh, last week, if you were here, if not, this will kind of help you get some insight into what we've been talking about. We were talking about this idea that we serve this God that knows everything. So many times it's like this feeling of like, why do I need to tell him what he already knows? And a bigger question, why doesn't he respond to what he already knows that I want? Even if it's like a to you, it's like a good want, like, God, don't you want to see people healed? And, God, don't you want my parents' marriage to come back together? And you have all these thoughts and these wants and these desires inside of you. Why doesn't? I want to give you a phrase here, something you can write down tangibly that will hopefully help you in a very concise way. Recap last week to lead us into today. Why won't God respond simply by what we're thinking, what we desire, and what we want? The simplest way I can explain it is that God knows your desires, but he responds to your petitions. Petition is another word to say like prayer. Petitions like, "God, I need you to do this. God, I'm petitioning you to move in this way. God, this is what's going." See, he, he knows your desires. He knows your wants. He knows your thoughts. But he doesn't respond to what he knows, because he already knows everything. He responds to what you send to him. He responds to what you say to him. He responds to how you petition him. He responds to your prayers. When you look at this idea of petition, specifically, we're going to look at the second half of verse 10. Last week, a message called Golfing with God, we talked about the idea of your kingdom come, your will be done. We're going to focus right now on verse 10 of Matthew 6, on earth as it is in heaven. And when we talk about petitioning God... There's really three aspects of your faith when it comes to prayer I want to bring out for you when you're petitioning God. The first one is you're petitioning God prophetically. If, you, if you're going to do it, this is what you would do. You're doing it prophetically. The second one, which I want to take time to teach you, is you're doing it practically. And the third one is you will do it very personally. You can see here we already talked about petitions, the prophetic. The prophetic the practical, the personal. That's four P's already. We're in in for the long haul. Can I tell you? There's more coming. P is for prayer. So I want to break it down here. This says, you can see, I told my wife, I had them set this up for me so that I would teach rather than preach because I can't help it. When the people of God and the spirit of God and the name of Jesus is happening all at once, there's just something that kind of happens in me where I just want to preach. And there's just something I just got to let out because the gospel it means good news. It's like this is good news. If we're talking about the hardest thing in the Bible, can I tell you it's still good news because it will set you free, save you, keep you from hell, and even better, get you into heaven. So I told my wife, I'm going to sit. Because if I don't sit, I'll just want to stand and yell and preach. And I want to teach you tonight. I want to take time to really like unravel this, unfold this for you so that you can hopefully have a few things in your arsenal that will help you better seek the Lord and pray. Let's start with this idea of praying prophetically. That's the first thing I want to break down. The prophetic, You maybe you've heard the word prophet or prophetic. It's not fortune telling, okay? Uh, there's no such thing as that crap unless it happens through the, the means of the devil, and that is possible as well. The devil will give power to individuals on earth just as God gives power to individuals on earth. Can I tell you that God's power, if you go to week one of this series when Elijah called on fire versus the Baal prophets, God's power is much bigger, let me tell you. But when you talk about praying prophetically and you're leaning into the prophetic, what you're doing is you're believing for something to happen that has not yet happened. And it's not random. It's not fortune-telling. Within the will of God and the power of God, you're speaking into existence. There's power in your words, what you put into existence. Life and death in the tongue, James says. And when you pray prophetically, what you're doing is you're saying, I know it hasn't happened yet. I know it doesn't look good right now. But I'm believing there's a miracle on the way. I know that what I'm facing right now doesn't look very good. My parents' marriage doesn't look very good. My health doesn't look very good. The doctors are saying this. At school, I'm I'm flunking, and I can't get a single thing. Now, you got to tell the difference between whether you're not studying and whether you're struggling. There's a difference. If you're giving all you got, some people still struggle in school, even when you're giving all you got. I'd even like to believe, though, that God can touch you, that if truly Whatever your hand finds to do, you do with all your might. Whatever your brain finds to do with all your... I believe God can touch your mind and allow you to even learn the way that he's designed you to learn. So when we talk about prophetically, we're leaning to things that have not yet happened. Now with that, I want to help you understand when we're praying prophetically, we're not going, oh, uh, you know... Let me give an example. I'm not going, oh, I don't have cancer. The doctors are telling me I have cancer. The scans are telling me I have cancer. Blood work is telling me I have cancer. I'm not going, I don't have cancer. So I want to break this down practically. I want to show you how God works. God does not remove the realities of earth. He just shows us, we talked about last week, if you watch the message, posture aligns perspective. He shows us the possibilities of heaven. So let me say it in one complete sentence so you can get it. It's not removing the realities of earth. It's helping us through the Spirit of God in prayer acknowledge the possibilities of heaven. Realities don't change. I can't deny the fact of what I see in the world. But the problem is people are so acknowledging what they see in the world that they're denying what they read in the word. And faith, when we talk about praying prophetically, it's saying I pray. I completely see what's happening in the, in, in the world, but I also read what's happening in the Word. It's, it's saying, uh, I understand the realities of earth, but I also acknowledge the possibilities of heaven. When we pray this prayer on earth as it is in heaven, what we're doing is we're leaning not into what is currently happening. We're acknowledging that it's real. But we're leaning into what heaven says about it. I get it on earth, but can I tell you about what's in heaven? So let's take, like, my cancer just for a second. It's not my cancer. It's hell's cancer, the cancer. I'll keep saying that. That's faith. That's prophetic. I'm going to show you here. When I pray, I don't pray, Jesus, would you please heal me? I pray, Jesus, thank you that I'm healed. There's a difference because, see, In our humanity, I want to lean into what's wrong with me and go, God, please heal me. But see, in spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you, anyone that gives their life to Jesus, the spirit of God dwells inside of you. So when you pray by the spirit and you pray prophetically, what you're doing is you don't go, oh, Jesus, please heal. You're saying, I am healed in the name of Jesus because Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes, you are healed. Not you might be, not that you will be, you're healed. And so the prophetic prayer, okay, leaning into what I see here as a reality on earth is true. I understand. It's a fact. But on earth as it is in heaven, I'm saying this body in heaven, this body doesn't have cancer in heaven. This body's not sick in heaven. So when you pray like Jesus taught us to pray, on earth as it is in heaven, you have to be able to pray prophetically. Let me unravel it a little bit more. You're asking heaven to invade earth, and there's three prayerfully prophetic steps that Jesus showed us you can take in Matthew 7, the next chapter. So in Matthew 6, he goes, our Father in heaven, hallowed be the kingdom, <laughs> amen. But in Matthew 7, he breaks it down more. Look at verse 7. He said, here's, I'm going to sh- show me one at a time. Ask, there it is, and you, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. This is praying prophetically. Why? Because you're asking with the belief that it will be given to you. Before it's ever given, you have the faith to ask. Before you have it, you're believing that if I would just ask, then God will answer. If I'll just open my mouth and ask, petition, right, what I need, then he can show up in my need. Seek. Uh, we went out uh, last week. It was welcome week at We One College, and uh, we were geocaching. And we came upon this spot, and PT goes, hey, this is going to be a quick stop. And we get there, and it was a quick stop, but it, w- it wasn't going to be because we're under these trees, and there's these uh, pine cones all underneath it. And we see all these pine cones, and nobody can find the geocache anywhere. Anybody been geocaching in the room? You know what I'm talking about. They, like, they leave something behind. You open it up. It's a little scroll. You write your name. Well, I literally go, man, I'm the worst finder ever. I was like, I literally can't find anything. No joke, as soon as I said that, among all these pine cones, it was like the light of God shined on this one pine cone. And I looked at it, it was like a tractor beam, it just sucked me right in. You know like the animal in all the Ice Age movies with the acorn or whatever that is? (laughs) What is it? Scrat. Scrat. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. And it was, it, was an, it was an acorn. And I picked up this acorn, and as I picked it up, as I turned it around, there was no backside to it. It was heavy, and it was missing the other half. Why? Because it was the geocache hidden gem right there inside of it. And as everyone's looking around trying to find, whoop, trying to find this acorn, as we're geo, uh Not acorn, a, what's it called? Pinecone. I always get those confused, sorry. I got scrap. I'm going to be thinking of scrap the rest of the matches. I'm not even lying. This, uh, this pine cone, everyone's trying to find it. For some reason, I, f- I, f- I found it. Jesus is here. He's saying, if you will seek, you're going to find it. But this is what happens. Many people go, I tried it. I, I sought it out. Like I said, I'm-, I'm not very good at finding. I never find anything. I didn't find it because I looked for it. I found it because I kept looking for it. And there's a lot of people that they seek, but they don't keep seeking. There's a difference. Seek is not a one-time thing. Seek is a continual thing of coming after God. If you say, I've said i prayed for that already. God knows about it. Yeah, he does. But I'm going to talk about this in a later week. But he wants you in faith to continue to seek him. What does he end with? Knock. Knock and the door will be open. There are doors to your future that have not been opened yet. Don't think that because it looks closed now that he won't open it in the right time. Because... Isaiah 22:22 22, 22 in the Old Testament says that he opens doors, no one can shut, and he closes doors, no one can open. So what appears to be a closed door at the time, if you would have the faith to knock, what are you doing? You're stepping out let's say it's uh, your first date, and you're going to pick up guy's going to pick up that girl. You're praying that our Father will not answer the door. And in faith, you're praying. That's not who comes to the door. So what is it? It's knocking, praying to God she ain't going to stick, you know, like stick you up. Or What's the phrase? Like a, stand you up and stick you up as well. <laughs> praying up. <laughs> <stick them off, laughs> uh, <laughs> praying to God she's going to answer the door. And the same way when you, when you ask her out in the first place, praying to God you're not going to get turned down, right? Knock and it will be open. This is all praying prophetically. It hasn't happened yet. You're in faith believing that God is going to do it. Throughout the word, God also teaches us practical things. And this one I'm going to break down for you. Praying practically. I'm going to show you some things um, that you can do here. Um, I I called these because I was trying to think of uh, how to just characterize it. The six practical P-rares or P rares P-rares. These are all P words. I got some more coming at you. Coming in hot. You ready? P is for prayer. So, these are going to be up. You can take pictures or whatever, but these are like practical things you can do to be able to pray. So, here it is proclamations, the first one. I want to explain this to you because this doesn't mean to yell all the time. You can be loud. I do that. I like that. You can be quiet. Proclamation is just making it known to God speaking and making it clear that you want Him to hear you, hear your petition. You can be loud, you can be quiet. Did you know this? When you pray, you can sing. Like many of our worship songs are full of scriptures and things like that, that singing is a way to pray to God and connect. Crying, laughing, everything in between, from crying to laughing and all of it. You, I've had it before where literally I've been, like, I've been in prayer and I've just started weeping. I don't even know why the presence of God came on me, and I'm just weeping. I just sit there and weep before the Lord. That's an act of prayer. Those tears are speaking louder than my words sometimes. Other times, I've been literally praying, and <laughs> I'll literally start laughing. I will, because the joy of the Lord comes over me. It's weird. I've had it happen. One time, I was dancing in my house to the song Zeal. No joke. Open my Bible. Go to read Psalm 69.9. It said, for zeal, for your house consumes me. No joke. I go, say we should name our son Zeal. She goes, he might get made fun of and called a seal. What do you think of Zeal? I'm serious. That was why we didn't name him that. She goes, what if we call him Zealand?" That's how he got his name. It happened in a moment of joy where I'm just in my house dancing and laughing before the Lord and I was in prayer. It was crazy. It was like, just hasn't happened since it was God. Here's another one. Pen and paper. Not just proclamation, not just what you say, but what you can write, what you can do in that way. Like when you think of pen and paper, I know like technically digital is probably like the world we're in now, but I needed a P word, so I did it. Pen and paper. You can write down your prayers before God if it helps you think them out. Or even, here's what's nice, I write them down because it gives me something to come back to and see what God's done. In the same way, you can read prayers. Throughout a lot of church history, they would read prayers out loud. There's nothing wrong if you find a, like, I I call it a famous prayer, not a famous person. But like maybe a prayer in history that somebody prayed or something. If you read that, that still has power if it's being said to God in the right spirit. If you're saying, like, Lord, I truly want you to move on my behalf. Like, I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking. Like, you can, you can even read prayers. You can journal, just journaling your thoughts before the Lord. David would do that all the time. The Psalms are just David basically poetically journaling all of his thoughts. He just happened to be super good at rhyme schemes and cool, like, phrases and stuff like that. But he's just giving his thoughts. Another one is your posture. Posture, I said this last week, it really does determine perspective. A lot of times when I pray, I walk, man. I walk around because I can't, I can't stay still. It's like I got to walk, I got to move so I don't fall asleep. Uh, but you don't have to. You can walk, you can sit, you can kneel before God. Um, you can stand, raise your hands. Uh, you can lay down, like laying down on your face. In Scripture, it's called laying prostrate before the Lord. They would do it all throughout Scripture. They would just lay on their face in humility before God and just sit there in His presence, Right? But posture determines your activity in God's presence. So can I show you this? If you pray like this, that's the kind of response you're gonna get back from God. If you pray like this, God, I'm open. I want what you want. I'm humble before you. I can't do anything without. That's very different than show yourself, speak to me, whatever. I don't care. It's very different. Posture will determine what is going to happen in God's presence for you. Posture is important. Pausing is probably something that this generation, including uh, me, millennials on down, don't know how to do um, because social media has taught us, told us that we have to do everything fast and nonstop and consume our minds all the time. But pausing is huge. Like, meditation, that's just not something you do in yoga or that, like, Buddhist monks do. Like, it's something all, like, you can see all throughout church history where what people would do, what I would encourage you to do, is take one scripture and meditate on it. It means you keep thinking about it. You recite it. You memorize it. And you sit there and just focus on that. You shut everything else out. So you don't have to cross your legs crazy and um, do that. But you sit, sit there, however it is, on your bed, lay there, whatever, on earth as it is in heaven on earth as it is in heaven. And just zone everything out and take in what that means, on earth as it is in heaven, our Father. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. You pause. You slow down. You don't just meditate on maybe saying something. or reset. Sometimes, listen, do you know the most powerful prayer time you can have? Silence and solitude. You don't say anything at all. Whew. That's some hard praying right there, I'll tell you that. You really want to get some solitude or whatever, you go out into the woods. Don't like get eaten by a bear or something like crazy, but like I'm telling you, when I've been like away and you know, like or even my backyard I can tell you when I can tell everyone's at work and I'm writing out a message or like working on a message, I'm in prayer, and I just hear I hear the birds chirping and I just sit there in dead silence. I don't say anything. I literally just sit there with the Lord in dead silence. It feels just like all that I can sense is him around me. Even today, crazy storm. Like I, put, I, I shot a video and put on my story like right before it t- took off crazy. And just the way the clouds are coming in the black of the night and the rain and everything, I'll tell you, God's speaking through that too. I just sit there and it's like, and you can like, you can hear it. Like just shut everything else off and listen to that. I fall asleep to rain or ocean every night. I want to fall asleep to nice piano ballads or other things. My wife won't let me, so it, we, we decided rain or ocean. It's like, hey, honey, tonight, you want to get wild, switch it up, ocean rather than rain tonight? What did you guys think I was going to say? I heard people in front like, oh, oh, oh. I tried to switch it up. I tried to like add some birds chirping or things like that. She's like, shh, too crazy for me. Can you just stick to rain or ocean? But like just sitting silence and solitude with God, saying nothing and just letting even nature cry out to God. Letting creation groan and cry out to the creator. It's powerful stuff. But it's not just uh, sitting silent, being quiet. It's using your passions too, okay? I don't mean just passion. I mean, your specific passions. What makes you unique? What you like? Talking to God in the midst of that. If you like art, if you like writing or, or, or playing an instrument or, you know, poetry, writing a song, whatever, or you like painting or maybe you like building stuff. Maybe it's like, I would like to just get a saw out and saw, is that too loud? Like, it's so obnoxious. I can't focus. Some of you, when your hands are active in something that you're passionate about, it's the time that you might be able to think the clearest possibly even to connect with the Lord. Maybe some of you really enjoy driving. I don't hate it. If I could teleport to A to B, I would. Uh, But if you like driving and you really like genuinely, like your passion, you enjoy, that could be a good time to connect with the Lord. I don't think it should be solely the only time you connect with the Lord, but it could be a really good place where you do it. You go out, go for a run or you work out or whatever, something that you enjoy that you have a, a passion for. It's a great time to connect with the Lord. And the last one, here we are. It's the practical side of things is publicly. You might get with your friends at your house. Uh, I, I've seen progression do this a lot where they've gotten together at each other's house and they just seek the Lord and they pray together. Maybe in a small group like a circle um, or in a fam or something like that, a smaller group of people. We do it here, it's a church gathering, right? We're gonna, we're gonna seek the face of the Lord. We have tonight, we will a little bit more. Or uh, it might not be just like typical prayer. It might be a very focused, specific time. It's called intercession. Intercession is when we, clearly put before ourselves personally with the Lord, or maybe a group or whatever, we are going to go after this. We're going to pray about this tonight. And we're like, we need God to move on this, and we're going to go. And you press, and you press, and you press. Like, you hit the gas so hard. You're saying, if God doesn't move on this, I'm not going to stop praying until he does then. He better. And you press. Uh, I've seen like our intercessory prayer team, we have one here at Gateway that covers the pastoral team, pastor, you know, the the, the body at large, leadership, ministries. They'll press in for hours at a time because they realize that although God can move in minutes, there's something about waiting together for him to do it. I even just wonder in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit got poured out because part of even proclamation could be speaking in tongues to the Holy Spirit, right? I wonder how long they waited and they just sat together and they were ready for God to move before he did. It doesn't say, well, they were there just two minutes and then he moved. I just just wonder at times, like, how long did they wait? But intercession is huge, and and I want to just say this quickly. Everything I just listed practically, you can do any of that privately. Or you could probably exchange some of it publicly. Understand that there's room and need for both in your life. Praying privately is very necessary, connecting with your Father, but there's something about when we come and pray together to our Father. That's very powerful as well. And there's something about when the body, they seek God for the same thing. And they go after, that's intercession. They just go after it for the same thing. So that's what we're talking about publicly. Some of these things are done naturally. You're already doing some of them. You're like, yep, I do that. I do that. That's great. Some of them are things that you have to practice. I even created this list for me so I'd switch it up. A good way for your prayer life not to get stale is you got to switch it up. If you do it the same way all the time, eventually you'll stop liking it. I promise you if every morning like, well, I get up at this time and I sit at this spot and I read my Bible, you might do it, but that doesn't mean you'll like doing it. I want to like spending time with God. I want to enjoy His presence. I want to I be moved by what He's doing in me, and I want to move His heart for what He also wants to do in His kingdom for His will on earth as it is in heaven. All of these things help us to see, I know what's happening on earth, but I also know, according to what your word says, what heaven's like. And when Jesus said to pray on earth and as, it is, as it is in heaven, how we pray prophetically and how we pray with posture and all these different things that we're talking about practically, it matters to merge and align those two things. And some of them you might be doing and some of you got to practice. My sons, they are loving praying lately. Like they're really into it. It's like their thing. They, they like are having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, they, some might say that they're not super serious about it, but my thought is this, maybe they're more serious than we are. Maybe their childlike approach to it, God actually listens to quicker than some of our babbling and and, and some some of our um, unauthentic approach. And so Z lately, he's been training Zizai how to pray. And Sid caught it on video for you. So here's my sons. They're praying. Do you say help us? <laughs> you want us? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for a day. Do <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> So he got on this, this trip here. Uh, the subtitle didn't quite say it right. What, what he said there was, he said, uh, Jesus, help us. We want a sister. That's like, so he Z just out of nowhere just started praying that on his own. We want a sister. So now he's sitting there like, come on, Zazai, Put your hands. It'll let us show him. Put your hands together. And at the end, he goes, amen. And they just start clapping now. So every night, they just go on nuts, and they just start clapping. And he's like, we want a sister. And then he goes, and a brother. And he goes, and a son, and he wants a son now, too, like, so, um, maybe he's praying right now for something that prophetically God's going to give him in, like, 20, 25 years or something, who knows, right? Seriously, that's crazy to think about, like, what you're seeing there is, is the last P I'm going to break down here, P is for prayer, so again, one more. This is the last one we're just going to talk about. We've, you've already heard it, but it's personally. We're going to talk about that, praying personally. Jesus taught us to pray personally. When we talk about that, watching that video is huge because they're having fun. Prayer should be fun. It doesn't have to be serious and sorrowful all the time. It can also be fun. It can be full of joy. And you know what should be above all things? It should be real. It should be authentic. It shouldn't be you, like, faking it and trying to look a certain way when you do it. And we'll talk about that Uh, in another week. I'm trying to compartmentalize my thoughts to kind of one at a time really help you zone in, but like, it should be fun. Praying personally, Jesus approached this in John chapter 15. Look at verses 14 to 16. He looked at the disciples and he said, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends, for everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. How is this personal? You notice how Jesus starts off? He said in verse 14, he says, you are my friends. If you do what I command, he says, you are my friends. Some of you could be like, man, Jesus is really conditional here. Can I tell you that God is very conditional? He says, I gave my one and only son. You don't follow my son, you don't get to have me, the father. God is full of conditions. Love is unconditional. No, love has conditions. Love keeps no record of wrong. Love covers a multitude of sins, but love has conditions as well. So Jesus is saying, You're my friends. If you follow my commands, then you're my friends. You're not my servants, you're my friends. Some of you could look at that poorly, but what does Jesus mean by that? Look, look how you can break it down. Three things when he says that statement right there that it can mean. He said, Listen, when I leave, because he's preparing to go, he said, I have so much faith in you that you will keep my commands. I believe that when I'm not here to help you anymore, when I send the Spirit I have so much faith in you that you'll be able to keep my commands. He said, I also have so much trust in you, so I call you my friend because I trust you. You ever been backstabbed by a friend? Jesus was too. His name was Judas. But he still said, listen, I trust you. You're my friends. I trust you. Third thing you'll see from this is if you're going to call somebody your friend, it's because you feel close to them. You like hanging out with them. Now at times you might be like, oh yeah, these are my friends, people at school or whatever, but you're really not that close to them. They really don't know you. They maybe have an idea of who you are, but they don't really know the depth of who you are. Unless they follow Jesus and they're on the same page with you, they're really not your friends. They're your acquaintances. We call them our school friends, and then there's my church friends. No, no, no. There's friends, and then there's fake friends. Decide who those people are going to be, right? so jesus is saying listen i feel close to you i like hanging out with you we've had a good time together we fish together we fart by the campfire together we are homies we are friends you're my friends we're close i trust that you'll follow me even when i'm not here i have faith in you i trust you in closeness why is this important because jesus knew that when he left he had to prepare them that his friend Sorry, their friend, him, their best friend, Jesus, wasn't going to be there anymore. I had a best friend, man, nine years old. We had, it was super weird. My my mom got it for us. It was cute. We had a heart necklace, and it was cut down the middle, and it said best friends on it. And he took half, and he moved to New York, and I had half and stayed in Michigan. His name's Scotty. He's a pastor now. It's crazy. And uh, he he works at his dad's church just like I do. Like, we would never have thought all that was going to happen. But we are best friends born from birth to nine years old and when he left it shattered me it honestly did it hurt it, 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 i can i could cry right now how long has that been that's been like 25 years and i could still cry about it why because when when a real friend a real one a good one when they leave it hurts when they're not with you anymore it hurts and jesus wanted to prepare them that he wasn't going to be there anymore And he wanted to make sure there was two things. He taught him, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wanted to make sure that even though he wouldn't be there, they could still be connected. And even though he wasn't there to keep teaching them about the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, he wanted to make sure that they knew how to keep heaven and earth connected. How? Prayer. How did he end this here? Because, see... The disciples, they were always asking Jesus questions. Teach us how to pray. Asking him, can I sit at your left or your right? They were always asking him questions. Oh, Lord, why are you doing that with him? But not me. Always. So he thought, you know what? I'm going to give them some last thoughts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help answer their questions here. Because they're going to have them when I'm not here. It's like when I moved out of my mom's house. And, and, uh, or it would be more like when I went to college. Because when I moved out of my parents' house, my wife was there to help me. When I went to college, I'm calling my mom, how do I do the laundry? How how do I do this? How do I do that? I I had questions. So Jesus wanted to prepare them ahead of time. I know you're going to have questions when I'm not there. So he said in verse 16 of John 15, he said, whatever you ask, because I know you're going to have questions, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. What is he saying? He said, if you ask it in my name, which is through my will, can I tell you? that you cannot pray in Jesus' name if it's not connected to his will. You can pray, but the Father ain't gonna respond to it. But Jesus said, to who? His friends. He said, my friends. Listen, if you'll follow me, if you'll keep my commands, that even when we're not here, you'll continue to live out what I've taught you through the spirit that I'll give you. Anything you ask in my name, which is through my will, my Father will give it to you. What was he trying to teach them ultimately? What's the big picture here? He was trying to teach them that there were things that were going to happen on earth that he wasn't going to be here to help them with anymore. Where was he going to be? In heaven. So he was saying, my friends, can I teach you how to pray? Can I teach you what to do? I want you to pray with, you know, the, the, in the same way that we would sit and we would talk and we'd laugh together and we'd sit by the fire together. And we'd get in the boat together, and and I'd even fall asleep. and Let the storm freak out on you just to teach you something. In the same way I taught you, and you would listen to me. In the same way we'd have conversations. In the same way you would ask questions. Can I teach you, my friends, that when I'm gone, you can keep doing that? It's through prayer. And he was saying, anything that you ask in prayer, in my name, my Father will come. And he'll show up. And in that, we'll be connected. So even though you're on earth and I'm in heaven, you can pray to me, and it'll be like I'm on earth. He's saying, even though I'm up in heaven and you're on earth, you can pray like I'm still on earth, like we would always have conversations. On earth, as it is, in heaven. You know what Jesus says to you today? He doesn't call you just a slave or a servant. He calls you his friend. And when you realize the relationship that you have with Jesus, him being your friend, you will want to talk to him Listen to him and ask him things that will align the things on earth with what is in heaven. Bow your heads, close your eyes with me tonight. Father, I know that you're moving in this room. And I know that there's so many ways that we are going to, should, will respond tonight. But ultimately, God, what we are asking for is in this moment, if there's somebody who needs you to be the Lord and Savior of their life, then I just want to leave a space, one moment, for an invitation for anyone. The Bible says anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So I want to leave a space here. If there's just someone in the room that wants to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life, to have a personal relationship, a real conversation even in their heart in this moment that they can have with you, God. I want to give that invitation. If that's you here tonight and you do not have a relationship with a personal God, we're talking about praying personally. That doesn't happen until the God that you're praying to is a personal God. If you're here tonight and you want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life and you never have, or maybe you've walked away from him in this school year, you've just been walking away, you've not been living for him, you've not been serving him, but you're here tonight and you want to come close to him, you want him to be your friend. If that's you. I want you to lift your hand right now and acknowledge him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge. Lift your hand. Acknowledge. I need him. I want him. Thank you. Invite him right now into your heart. I'm going to pray with you, but just invite him. It's nothing specific, it's not an exact how. It's just acknowledging that you've sinned, recognizing you've fallen short of the glory of God, and you need to receive the forgiveness of Jesus in order to be saved. So what I'm going to do, a little bit different than we typically close, but I'm just going to pray over you here tonight. That's it. And as I pray over you, I want to invite you right now, and you can even do it out loud, in your own words, ask Jesus for forgiveness. Ask Jesus to come and move in your heart. Ask Jesus to renew some things. Maybe there's some things, even in here in this moment, you want to just prophetically put before the Lord. Maybe some of you want to just change your posture for a second. You want to lift your hands, or or, or you need to, in some way, express what you need from Him and who He is to you. But for all of us, it's coming to a God that wants to be personal. And that's what we need to do is we need to personally connect with him, not just something random or ritualistic or just even just following me. I can, I can lead you and help you. But ultimately, God wants you to just talk for real with him. So I'm going to pray for you and fill the room. I want you to personally, prophetically, and maybe even some of you practically, we're gonna, and we're going to connect with God. Jesus, I thank you for every heart. I thank you for what you're doing in every life. For those that they feel far from you, they feel distant, they feel like God, like how could you how could you love me? I've sinned and I've screwed up way too much. I, I I'm, un, I'm unforgivable, I'm unworthy, I can't be used of you. I just speak against that thought right now in the name of Jesus. And I just speak life in the name of Jesus. That God, you want to come and cover every mind with the hope and the forgiveness of the cross. For those people here tonight, that they want the forgiveness that Jesus gives. Maybe they're struggling with something mentally, physically spiritually. I just declare tonight that, Lord, they can step prophetically right into heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, and they can ask, seek, and knock. And we declare that, Lord, it will be given to them. They will find it, and the door will be open. Lord, I even just lift my hands, Lord, in a posture, declaring tonight, Lord, proclaiming over tonight every heart that you want to move and every heart that wants to petition you. God, I know you know they're desires, but you're not going to respond to their desires. You only want to respond to their pes- their uh, petitions. God, you want them to make it clear, make it known that they want you, that they need you, that they want to come close to you. So I pray that there'll be a personal relationship for people tonight. Lord, maybe even people that they know Jesus, but it becomes uh, more of a ritual. It becomes more of a religion. We just cast that aside, and we pray personally to a God that died for us, loved us, wants to walk with us, and wants to be our friend. And so, Lord, we speak this into existence tonight, believing for every heart for a personal relationship. God, I even want more of that. Personally, God, I want a personal relationship with you, deeper than I had yesterday, more than I have today. God, I believe in store for what you have tomorrow. And I believe this, I pray this, and I have faith in this. In the name of Jesus. Everybody says here tonight, amen. Come on, declare that he's your God. Amen.